Welcome to Quarantine Spook Show. Oh, Karezi. There's some hardcore cat activity happening tonight. House Cat Chardish is just really into spooking tonight. Really testing out all the laps. Kneading that dough. And getting ready to go. first card I draw is going to be the name of the episode, second card, name of the first story, as I play all these improvised spooks. Alright, tonight's show is called what is it? Mein Kampf by Mothman. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is good. <laughs> uh, I was hoping. Oh no, no! I was just I was hoping that there would be like a Mothman episode at some point, based on just her own individual talks. Uh, nice. Came on early. And the first uh, story is called "Everybody's Looking Forward to Friday." <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh shit. Ah. Uh. Oh goodness. My God. Let the games begin. Actually, I'm gonna have another. I might, yeah, I might, I might, I might, I might have to. Drink. I might have to pour more shots as the might. episode goes <laughs> on. <laughs> the liquor cabinet isn't full. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even my complex is in Friday. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, all right. I can't believe Mothman would get involved in this. I mean, I guess we don't really know. Well, it's just, it's just my story in German? We'll just see. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Why speculate when you can hear the spooks themselves? seen it in the dreams I could barely remember. The red eyes. The wings. Chasing after me. Didn't matter what I dreamt about. I could be hanging out by a lake, in the woods, in a city or in a field. But it felt like right when the dream was getting better, I would see him. Mothman himself. He'd be chasing after me. Strikes terror into me. And I was just like, what do you want, Mothman? And before I could answer, I'd wake up. Often in a daze. Often in a cold sweat. Sure, I've read excerpts of uh, the Mothman prophecies written by the prolific author John Keel. 
I've seen many adaptions. I've even seen the Mothman statue in West Virginia. And the bare naked ass behind the statue. If you look up the statue from behind, it's just Mothman's bare ass. Seriously, look it up. But oh, Mothman. He plagues my dreams, and I don't know why. I don't know if it has to do with UFOs, or the cosmos, or other dimensions. Or if it's just a matter of Mothman just needing a friend. I didn't know. And it seemed too sophisticated beyond human speculation. All I knew was, how's this really looking to Friday? See, I worked in a small office, you know, an insur insurance firm uh, in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. We were into simple, you know, office things, you know, we celebrated birthdays, you know. We spent our mo money on the right surpluses. I remember the year we got a new copier, and I was just like, ah, oh, it's, it's gonna be less convenient, less inconvenient, rather. But for this week, for one reason or another, everyone was just like really looking forward to Friday. It eventually got to the point when, you know, people would be playing the song Friday by Rebecca Black in the office. It's Friday, it's Friday. Everybody get down on Friday. Everybody's looking for the weekend. Gotta eat breakfast, gotta eat cereal. Everybody's rushing. I think those were the lyrics. I've heard the song a million times, but I was never always quite too sure. So it was a strange time in the office at the insurance firm. It was September during the 2020 pandemic. You know, offices were opening back up. Some people were ready for it, some people were reasonably bashful, and some people were still working from home. But my insurance firm, uh, sent a very convincing email that they're taking all the right precautions. And I was just like, alright, I guess I'll come back to work or whatever. But it was hard to, you know, pretend not to see the madness among other people. Sure, everyone was kind of losing their shit a little bit when 2020 rolled around. And I always tried to keep a level head about it. And it's one thing to, you know, to understand the time of crisis and to be freaked out by it. But to pretend it's not happening is really maddening. Personally, I had more trust in people who recognized the sense of doom we were all in and, and saw a time of crisis for what it was. That's why I always got along with UFOologists. They knew the aliens were coming and snatched people up and give everyone a hardcore freak out. Now I was bashful, bashful about my own UFO beliefs, but needless to say I knew that people were not coping in the office very well. For starters, this week even, people were just playing that song Friday by Rebecca Black over and over again. It's Friday, it's Friday, gotta get down on Friday. But the fucked up thing is that they played on Thursday, 
and I just be like, no. It's not Friday yet. It's Thursday. And then Carol from the office would be just like, yeah, I know. I just am really excited for Friday, though, and I just wanted to celebrate it. And I'll just be like, well, everyone knows this is a kind of a shitty song in a lot of ways. And she'd be like, just, no, but it's fun, though, you know? You know, sitting in the front seat, sitting in the back seat. Which seat do I take? You know, that's how I'm feeling. And I'm just like, well, be, be, that as, be, be that as it may. It's not Friday yet. But I was looking forward to Friday for my own personal reasons. Just, you know, just to have a weekend away from the office. I was going to try to go to go to a socially distanced bar and just have a lager and think about stuff. The way I used to before March. Before all the civil unrest and all that jazz. It would be nice to pretend things were normal, but I knew they never were going to be again. Despite that, I was still looking forward to Friday. I tried to find some things to look forward to. So as the uh, as Friday came at the office, they were just playing the song repeatedly. It's Friday, it's Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. And I was just like, oh, it feels like I hear this song all the time. Getting really sick of it, actually. I didn't even like it the first time, but I can't stop thinking about it. It's Friday, it's Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to weekend. Weekend. So I'll try to just get work done, mind my own business at the office. And then people would come up with me and be like, Hey, Ted, are you excited for Friday? And I'm just like, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about Friday. Not crazy about this song that everyone keeps playing, but yeah, Friday's good. And they're just like, Ted, yeah. And I'll be like, all right, this is... So I even left work early. I just had to leave. So it got to the point where just like, hey, maybe I can, you know, just go to that bar and just have that drink and just sit and think, you know? And I went to the bar with my mask on and uh, requested a patio spot and just sat on the patio, had a drink, and just thought about stuff, keeping six feet or more from everyone else except for the wait staff who had to come by and deliver drinks and all that. They were certainly at ease that I showed up with a mask, but even still, a lot of people thought it was very strange of everything that was happening. So out on the patio, they actually have a bookshelf available, you know, the bar I went to, you know. They also have a fair amount of reading material. They try to do like a part library, part bar kind of thing, you know. I mean, not everyone reads when they're drunk. I certainly do, and I love reading things out loud. 
So I was flipping through the books and it had all the usual suspects, you know. The usual, you know, like a... a Sylvia Plath, Edgar Allan Poe. Whatever kind of books people would donate to a bar, you know. A lot of literary classics. Uh, Andy Warhol's uh, biography, you know, whatever. Mostly random stuff. And I was in a mood of just like, oh fuck, I wanna like fucking read about UFOs and stuff. That'd be cool. So I kept flipping through all the books and I saw one title. It just said Mein Kampf. And I was just like, holy fucking shit, what? Now? They have Mein Kampf in a bar? What the f What? That is not palpable at all. But then I looked at the, the author and it wasn't the notorious Adolf Hitler who wrote a book called Mein Kampf that exposed all those perverse political beliefs. No. It was Mein Kampf by Mothman. And I was just like, Mothman? No, it's... What? Get the fuck out of here. This is self-published. What is this? I pick it up and I flip through it. And, you know, reading about Mothman's life. How he became a Mothman who he was, how John Keel tried to attribute all these UFO things and spirituality things to him when he just wanted to run around and chase cars in West Virginia, you know, as anyone would want to live. I didn't read too much of it, only skimmed it, just some key passages, and I was just like, this is fucking insane. So the bartender comes around and asks if I want anything else, and I'm just like, yeah, um, where did you get this book? She was just like, oh, fuck, uh, oh, fuck, I didn't know we had the fucking Hitler thing. And I was just like, no, it's not from Hitler, it's from Mothman. She was like, oh, oh, um, I don't know. We don't carry any, carry any, uh, right-wing shit here, but, um, I don't know where that Mothman book came from. We have the Mothman prophecies that's been in circulation, but, uh, I've never seen that book before. And I was like, okay, um, thank you. I just, as the night went on and the crickets were chirping, I just tucked the book underneath my jacket, and I just paid my tab and went off, stealing this book. And I just thought to myself, I gotta fucking read Mein Kampf from Mothman. This is the Mothman episode. It's gonna be a slow build. I don't know what it's gonna build to, but uh, it's, huh. All right, this next story is called "You Are the Pineapple on My Pizza." Meanwhile, in West Virginia, Mothman was chasing automobiles.
on most nights, he would just run on the asphalt in the crevices of West Virginia and just chase cars. You know. He didn't quite remember how he became a Mothman. But he just certainly loved to just interact with civilians, you know, give them a good spook. He didn't know the ways of humans or mortals. He just hung up by himself in the woods. By golly, he just really enjoyed himself. So, as he's roaming through the woods, he sees a distant fire, and he's just like, oh, people must be camping. So he goes through the trees, and he just, he doesn't get too close, he just kind of peers out. He knew people were always alarmed by his bright red eyes, especially reflected by light. So he peered out and looked around. And all these teenage campers, you know, playing acoustic guitar, telling scary stories by the fire, making out and stuff. They saw him and just like, oh shit, Mothman! And then they flee. And Mothman chases after them a little bit. But in his head, he's just like, no, I just want to hang out, come on. But they all left. Mothman knew that no one wanted to hang out with him. Ever since uh, John Keel came to town and wrote that book about him, allegedly about him, he certainly didn't consent to having a book written about him. You know, people just knew about him all throughout the country, and especially through West Virginia. There was a statue built of him, but he didn't, you know, he didn't consent to a statue being built of him. He's actually been to the statue at nightfall, and he looked behind it, and he was just like, oh, how did they get my ass right? They had a Mothman festival. He was never invited. There was one year when he tried to crash the festival, and I'm like, oh, if it's a festival about me, I'll just, you know, come hang out. But then he made a surprise, surprise appearance, and then everyone kind of freaked out, and then called their local UFO radio stations and reported the sighting, and he's just like, oh, I just want to fucking... I just need a fucking break for once. That's what Mothman thought to himself in his, uh... Part human, part moth language in his head. Unique to his own. Because he's never encountered any moth people like him. Sometimes he'd think to himself, Oh, maybe I am just, a uh, Some sort of mirage projected by... Aliens and creatures from other dimensions or from UFOs or something. And then he thought about it and he's just like, no, that's kind of fucking dumb. John Keel's kind of a moron for saying that about me. Whatever. I just want to fucking chase, chase cars and hang out, you know? He liked that he could run 90 miles per hour and was over 6 feet tall. He thought he had a lot to offer people, but you know, no one can see Mothman's inner beauty. So Mothman goes to the campfire. 
he starts, uh, there's some abandoned food there, some cans of beans, you know, some pizza. So he just, like, starts eating it. Often he would hunt himself uh, when he was able to. But if there was already ready-made food that was abandoned by humans that were too afraid of him to talk to him, he would just have those scraps or whatever. He had whatever he could to get by. And he found one partially eaten pizza pie in its box from the pizza place Dino's in West Virginia. Point Pleasant specifically. So he opened it up and the pizza had pineapples on it. And he was just like, pineapple pizzas? I've, I've never heard of this before. So he had a slice and he was just like, oh fuck, this is really good. He had another slice. He tried to eat it slower so he can savor the flavor. All the cheese and sauce and dough that he was used to. And then those bursts of pineapple flavor that really struck him. He was just like, oh yeah, this is fucking awesome. And he thought, you know what? I'm gonna save the rest of this for later. So he left the camp. And he saw that they abandoned an acoustic guitar, so he brought that with him too. So he was carrying an acoustic guitar and a half-eaten pie of pineapple pizza and roamed the woods. The world was Mothman's oyster. He didn't know if Slenderman or Sasquatch existed, but he thought to himself, yeah, I'd hang out with those guys if they were real, you know. I'm often grouped with those people, so I'd be like, yeah, cool, let's all hang out. Let's uh, get together, play poker or whatever. But no, he's been just roaming West Virginia since 1966. Eventually he keeps walking through the woods and he sees an abandoned truck. He knows the woods very well, but he's never seen it before. It looks derelict and defunct. So he approaches it and hops inside. He sits in the driver's seat. And he grabs the steering wheel. And he starts turning it back and forth. And he's just like, oh shit, this must be like when it's driving. And he had a faint remembrance of something that he couldn't quite remember. Maybe back when he was human, if he was ever human. But he was just like pretending to drive in the truck, and he's just like, oh, this is pretty cool, I get it. This is pretty fun, I can see why humans drive and stuff. But then the longer he did it, the more sadder he became. He was just like, alright, it's enough of this. So he hops out of the truck and grabs the pizza and guitar. And he sits outside the truck and he just starts strumming. He doesn't know how to play. He's found guitars before, had a couple of his own, but they'd always break over time. He didn't know what his life expectancy was. As far as he could remember, it was back into the mid-60s, and now it's 2020. He didn't know how long he had to live, or how much life he was wasting. But he tried to strum the strings on the guitar and just enjoy himself. He poked his fingers on the frets, trying to figure it out, 
It's like, okay, different pitch intervals. Yeah, I got that from the previous guitars I had. And when he was lucky, he even stumbled onto a few chords. So I tried to use the few chords he stumbled onto and try to make a song. It was only like a minute and a half. But to him, it was beautiful, and he wished he had someone to share it with. So he grabbed his pizza and his guitar and kept walking. As he was walking, he had another slice of pizza, and he was just like, oh, only three slices left. I better be careful with this. He thought about, he thought about going to Ohio or Vermont or New Hampshire. Somewhere in New England, maybe, and, you know, trying to meet people there. He was just wandering alone. The pizza was getting cold. He had another slice, and he only had two slices left. And he found out that he liked the pizza. He preferred the pizza cold. Something he learned about himself in the 80s. And as he keeps walking, he sees a an RV. He's just like, huh, it's another RV. He noticed people in 2020 were camping with RVs a lot more. For reasons he couldn't quite discern, but it had something to do with some sort of global disaster that really motivated more people to camp. But he thought, oh, those are the humans' problems, not my own. So he, he stakes out by the RV, and he just watches the people there. It's apparently a couple, you know, a dude and a gal just talking about fishing, talking about traveling or whatever. And he's just like, oh, it's nice. What a wonderful couple, you know. And he keeps wandering, and he sees another RV, and it's just like, oh, it's just a string of RVs. So at this RV, he, some, he sees someone uh, set up a long chair in the grass and read a book. No one else, no one else comes by. No one else exits the RV. Mothman just sees him and he's just like, oh no. He's lonely too. From this, his hyper Mothman vision, he tries to see what book he's reading. And lo and behold, it's... The Mothman prophecies. Mothman is just like, oh shit, that's me. Mothman is just like, fuck, alright. I might have a shot of meeting this person. Ah, oh, god, I could really go for a friend. Mothman was realizing the depth of his loneliness during this over a half century of existence and lonely wandering. How he could use a friend or a lover, he didn't know. But just some form of companionship. Something besides the trash humans leave behind. Someone that he can love and could love him back. And they can accept each other unconditionally. 
Mothman tries to think of ways to approach this dude reading the Mothman prophecies. And he's just like, okay, okay, let me think. Um, he's read some poetry before. He can kind of read a little bit. He's read Shakespeare, you know. He's read some sonnets. He has a copy of all of Shakespeare's sonnets at a, back in his little, uh, at his cove, at his hiding spot, at his abode. And I was just like, okay, well, humans like poetry, you know. They like to be swooned, you know. So Mothman's thinking, yeah, maybe I can do something like that. That would be really cool. So the dude's just reading Mothman prophecies. And Mothman tries to approach the human very steadily, very slowly, not to spook him or anything like that. Mothman didn't have the guitar, but he had the box of pizza. He was just so nervous that he was still holding it. So eventually he approaches the human, and the human notices the shadow Mothman casts upon him from the moonlight. The human looks up, and then sees the deity he's been reading about. Mothman himself. The red eyes. The vibrant wings. All the fur and the... Every attribute a moth has, but attributed to a human, to a man. And the dude just stares at Mothman, frightened, terrified. So Mothman, feeling really nervous, he tries to clear his throat a little bit. And he presents the pizza box and opens it. And he says to the best human dialect that he could muster. You are the pineapple on my pizza. <laughs> and the dude just screams and run his, runs to his RV. A mothman's just like, oh, fucked. I fucked it up again, man. I don't know why I interact with all these humans. It's always just like a downward turn every time. 50 years and more. I don't know how long I have to live, but if it's more of this shit, then I don't want to live anymore. And Mothman's just lamenting, just being like, fuck, just did it again. Meanwhile, the dude in the RV, he has a shotgun with him and he's loading it. He looks outside and he sees Mothman from the window. And then he just sees Mothman just like throw the pizza box down and just like hit him, hit him, punch himself in the face. Just like, ah, oh, fuck, 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 in his own Mothman language. But the human could tell that Mothman was really beating himself up, literally. So the dude steps out. He's holding his shotgun behind him. He sees Mothman. Mothman looks back with his bright red eyes. And the dude says, Hey, are you cool? Mothman, not knowing how to respond, he doesn't know a lot of human speak or English, but he's just like, he just nods, tries to say yeah, but it comes out as a Mothman like squeal, a screech of, short, of sorts. So the dude nods and he's just like, Okay. I could go for some pizza. No one ever tells Mothman's side of the story, you know? 
just it's always just people extrapolating about random UFO stuff. But you know, this is Mothman's story. Yes, it is Mothman's story. All right, this next story is called "When the Salt Runs Out." Yeah, no one wants to run out of salt. Ted spent the entire night driving to West Virginia. his passenger seat he had mind comp by Mothman and he's just like I gotta fucking meet this guy in person he didn't know much about Mothman but he knew a lot about UFOs he knew that entities uh, related to UFOs and to dimensional beings they were deterred by Salt and uh, Nog Champa. So he had plenty of that with him. In case Mothman had to try some shit. <clears throat> he made it to Point Pleasant. Checked into a hotel. It was still nighttime with the crickets chirping. Ted comes out of his hotel room and he talks to a receptionist and he's just like, hey, um, do you know where I can find Mothman? And the receptionist says, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Another one? Just... Look, listen, dude. Mothman isn't real, you know. People who think they see Mothman are just, like, seeing, like, the tail end of their, the lights of cars and stuff, you know? Like, you're really... You're just, you know... Seems like you spent a bunch of resources coming all the way here to West Virginia. But I'm here to tell you that just there is no Mothman. Uh, or UFOs, really, you know. That Roswell UFO thing, that was just like a, a U.S. Uh, spying device for the Soviets or whatever. So just fucking chill out and just your theories are bullshit. You should go home. Ted said, oh, god damn, you've really been holding that in. And the receptionist said, reception said, well, I've seen a lot of fucking Mothman hunters come out here, you know. Ted said, no, you don't understand. You see, Mothman published a book. It's called Mein Kampf. She's just like... That's the Hitler book. And she's, he's just like, no, 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 no. It's, it was written by Mothman. Uh, but it's like, the you know, it's, it talks about like world domination and all that. It's, it's an evil book. And I think Mothman is plotting some sort of world domination. I have to stop him. You know, he said today, West Virginia, tomorrow, tomorrow the world. You know, that's serious shit. This book's been in circulation for 20 years and have to have to find Mothman. And the reception said, "I don't. Uh, I 
you know, you know, I don't believe in Mothman myself, but I don't think he wrote a book called Mein Kampf. Even if he wrote a book, do you really think it'd be called Mein Kampf? And he'd be like, well, if he was appealing to a right-wing demographic, he would. And the reception's just like, I, you know, how many uh, conspiracy theory forums do you go on to a day? And Ted's just like, what? And reception's just like, ballpark, or a week. You know, how often do you read, like, conspiracy news sites, you know? Or political sites, I guess. And Ted's just like, well, you know, not a lot, but just like, I don't know, I'm just really in the UFOs. And just, like, fucking Mothman. And I think it's, you know, I think he's doing some real deep state shit that can really decimate society. And the reception said, okay, Ted. Is your name Ted? And Ted was just like, yeah. Uh, I don't know how you knew that. And she was just like, oh, I just looked at the computer. I wasn't trying to be a creep. I just happened to know what your name was when you checked in. I just happened to remember it, you know. And I, yeah, and your last name, too. And Ted was just like, oh, you know my last name? And she was like, yeah, it's uh, Wheeler, right? And he's just like, yes, Ted Wheeler. Not like the mayor of Portland. However, we share the same name. <laughs> Not related uh, genetically, you know. Wheeler's a common last name. Ted is a common first name. It's just a coincidence. The storyteller is wondering why Spotify pulled his show. Anyway. But, uh, so yeah, Ted Wheeler. <laughs> coming to West Virginia. <laughs> Looking for Mothman. You know, if you were the mayor, I would say that, uh, you can curb uh, a lot of right-wing activity by just making some strong actions as a police commissioner. Uh, instead of hunting for Mothman who allegedly wrote a book that you think he wrote, but I probably, I don't think he did. And Ted said, well, be that as may, you know, I am not the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler. I just share his name, coincidentally. First name said, last name Wheeler. A lot of Ted Wheelers in the US registry, in the census. Um, let's just drop it. I don't know what he's doing as mayor. From, from what I've seen on the news, he's fucking up a lot of shit, but that's, not related to uh, my trek for Mothman and him allegedly writing this book, Mein Kampf. Well, so let's get back on track here. And the receptionist said, okay, but I'm just saying, you know. It's pretty gnarly if the mayor, mayor of Portland came to West Virginia to look for Mothman to curb right-wing extremism when he has that capacity as the position as mayor. And Ted said, yes, yes it would, but I'm not the mayor of Portland. I'm just fucking a regular Mothman uh, tracker. I'm not trying to hunt him. I just want to have a, a simple social discourse about his beliefs and stuff. So let's just... Do you know where I can find him? Where do people spot him? How about that? And the receptionist said, okay, um, Ted uh, Wheeler. You know, a lot of people, you know, spot him on the outskirts of town. Uh, often, like, just, like, randomly in the woods. Uh, actually, nearby here, actually. There's actually a camp of kids last night who said that they saw him. They abandoned their uh, gear and their uh, pineapple pizza, which they were really looking forward to, by Dino's. And he's like, okay, great, thank you, Ted said.
So Ted left the uh, hotel. And he went to Dino's Pizza Place in Point Pleasant. So we talked to the person running the pizza shop, you know, named Dino, and it's just like, so, uh, you serve pizza here, and Dino's just like, yes, I do, and, uh, Ted said, well, um, so, you probably hear this a lot, but I'm tracking down Mothman, uh, apparently some people who ordered your pizza, uh, last night, presumably, spotted him, so I'm trying to track him down, uh, you know, if you can... Maybe tell me who ordered the pizza. That would really help me out a lot. Uh, I'm a journalist and investigator. But Ted actually wasn't a journalist and investigator. He worked at an insurance firm. But he was just like, yeah, so if you can tell me that, that'd be really cool. Medina said, well, I don't, you know, we don't keep that, uh, we don't hide that information. I can just call the person who, you know, ordered the pizza. And if they want to talk to you, then I'll give you their number or whatever. Ted's like, great, thank you. So Dino uh, makes a call to uh, a guy named Tad who ordered the pizza uh, that was at the camp that Mothman went to and that Tad fled from. So Dino calls Tad and Dino's just like, uh, Tad, you there? And Tad's just like, yeah, this is me. And Dino's just like, alright, so I got a guy, uh, I guess like you, uh, when you ordered last night, you went camping, but, uh, this guy wants to know about your, like, Mothman sighting? I didn't know you see, you saw Mothman or anything. And Tad was just like, yeah, just for, like, a hot second, though. We kind of ran off pretty quick. Um, so this guy's just asking, he wants to see Mothman. And, like, Dino's just like, yeah, presumably, I think, uh, this guy just wants to you know, see where where in the woods that you saw Mothman so we can just, like, track him down, you know. Probably something like that. I don't think it's anything any more malicious than that, from my perception. And Taz's just like, yeah, that's cool, I guess. You can put on the phone and I can just, like, tell him where we camped or whatever. And Dino's like, okay, cool, cool. But, uh, listen, you, uh, do you watch, uh, you, in the national news, you've seen, uh, the mayor of Portland on TV, right? And Taz's just like, yeah, I've seen him before. And Dino's just like, yeah, because uh, the guy actually has a striking resemblance to uh, the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler. I'm not presuming that he's in West Virginia looking for Mothman, but just striking si similarity, you know. Anyway, I'll put you on the phone with him. So Ted gets on the phone uh, with Ted and Ted's just like, yeah, and Ted's just like, yeah, so, um, yeah, you saw Mothman last night, I'm looking for him, uh, if you can just, you know, point me in the direction where you saw him, I can try to track him down from there, and Ted's just like, well, you're not someone who's from West Virginia, anyone in West Virginia can tell you that Mothman is very hard to track down, there are some, some documented sightings, and early in the mid to late 1960s and that's about it anyone can say that they've, they've seen Mothman I'll tell you that I've seen Mothman but to catch Mothman is an impossible feat and 
Ted said, no, I think I got an ace in the hole in that. I got some salt and some nog champa. And Ted's just like, all right, well, I'll tell you where the woods are, I guess. So he gave Ted the information about where the woods were. So Ted drove to them. And he had his gear with him. He had a rifle with him. Some salt and some nog champa and a lighter. So he was just like, alright. I think we can do this. So he's walking through the woods for about an hour. And he sees the abandoned camp campsite where Tad was. And he looks around the site and he's just like, alright, well... Tad said he ordered a pizza. But I don't see any pizza here. So he keeps walking. Ted doesn't have any tracking abilities, but... Mothman is very keen on not being followed. It's part of the reason why he survived in the woods around the south, mid-Atlantic, and New England for half a century. Smothman didn't want to be followed. He just wanted peace. But Ted didn't know that. He just had his copy of Mein Kampf and just kept walking. So eventually he finds a set of RVs and campers. He knocks on the door of one. And then a woman answers, and he's just like, Oh, hi, um... I don't know how much you know about West Virginia, but, uh, Mothman lives here. Uh, I'm looking for him. If you happen to see him, uh, he has bright red eyes, all of that. And then the woman's like, Oh, I've seen him once. You should probably ask that RV over there. Ted's like, okay, thank you. So he goes to the RV. And he sees that it's like shaking and bumpering around and stuff. And Ted's just like, okay. So he's knocking on the door. It's still bumping around and uh, shaking. Ted knocks again. And then a dude answers, who's very sweaty and shirtless. He's just like, uh, yeah, what's up? And Ted's just like, hi, I'm uh, looking for Mothman, you know. Uh, I don't know if you saw him or anything. I'm told you he was spotted in the woods just last night. And the dude's just like, oh, yeah, it's been a whole day, hasn't it? I mean, um, Mothman? Nah, never heard of him. And Ted's like, okay, uh, well, do you know anyone who might have seen him? And the guy's just like, um, no, no. I don't think I've seen him anywhere. And Ted's feeling suspicious, and he's just like, alright, well... Because, like, I'm, I'm trying to track him down, because, uh... He apparently wrote this book called Mein Kampf. Apparently he decided to write an autobiography. And there's a lot of, uh, you know... A lot of fascist connotation in it. So I really don't want, you know, someone like that, like, roaming the woods and all that. And then the dude's just like, okay, he nods, and he's just like, hold on one second. 
He closes the door and Ted tries to listen through the door. And he hears the dude saying, uh, Hey, did you read a book called Mein Kampf? And he hears like a screechy voice said, No, I've never written a book called Mein Kampf. In a very like broken English, in a very like a non human kind of voice. It's like, I've never. Like the Hitler book? No, never. There's so many people who wrote propaganda about me since the 60s trying to claim my narrative, but it's not true. I've never heard of a book called Mein Kampf at all. So the dude just says through the door, like, okay, I believe you. So he opens the door to Ted, and he's just like, yeah, no, I've never, never even heard of Mothman, actually. Ted's just like, alright, how about you who, do you have a guest with you or whatever? And then just, uh, the dude says, well, are you a cop? And Ted's just like, no, I'm not a cop. I work for insurance. You know, strikingly similar, but no, I'm not a cop. Just a curious, uh, UFOologist, you know, that's all. It was the first time Ted, uh, referred to himself as a UFOologist, but it felt good. It felt right. He's always had, has an interest in UFOs and stuff, and now he's ready to take on that title. So then Ted, Ted pushes the door more, and then at the corner of the eye, corner of his eye, he sees him, he sees his red eyes, he sees his wings, Mothman himself. And then Ted shouts, "I knew it! I knew it!" And the dude tries to like push him out. So Ted just like reaches into his pocket and grabs his uh, canister of salt and tries to like throw it at the camper and all that. And the dude pulls out a shotgun and he's just like pointing at Ted. Ted arms his rifle and points it at the dude. And the dude's just like, get away from my domicile, man. And then Ted's just like, well, Show Mothman, he's gonna destroy the Earth and society. And then Mothman takes an action and steps out and he just says, Stop it, stop it. In his screechy Mothman voice. And he's just like, I didn't write Mein Kampf, alright? So just like, leave us alone. We're actually having a good time tonight. I don't want any trouble. And then Ted says, Oh, I'll give you trouble. And he pulls out a salt and then throws it at Mothman. And Mothman is just like, what are you what are you doing? And Ted's just like, well, I'm throwing salt at you. And Mothman is just like, well, it doesn't do anything. And then uh, Ted's just like, oh, um, I read in a book that it would, that, like, it's your uh, weakness and all that. And Mothman was just like, yeah, was that book uh, Mein Kampf by quote-unquote Mothman? And uh, Ted was just like, yeah. Mothman was just like, well, yeah, then shows how accurate that book that was. And Ted's just like, oh, alright. He lowers his rifle. The dude lowers his rifle. And then Ted's just like, I'm sorry that I caused trouble, you know, I just... Just tried to. Just, I wanted to save society. You know, it's really crumbling for the humans and stuff. Wanted to do some good, but I've interrupted your good time. I'm sorry. So Mothman turns to the dude and he says, uh, "Hey, Brian." Brian's just like, "Yeah." 
How about we just invite him in for like some coffee or a beer or something? Mothman's gotten better at English. And then Brian's just like, hey, hey, uh, uh, what was your name? And Ted was just like, Ted. Ted Wheeler. And Brian was just like, alright, Ted, uh, you know, we're just trying to have a good time tonight, but, uh, I got a mini fridge with some beers, I don't know if you're into that, where we can just, like, hang out, maybe play some poker or something. And Ted was just like, yeah, I can use a drink, I could use a good time. And then Ted's just like, yeah, yeah, alright, I'll come join you, let's just... Let's just all hang out. Alright, I'm gonna read one more story to include this Mothman arc. It's just like it ends on a good note and everyone's just like having a good time. I don't wanna interrupt that with another story that could damage that, but I suppose we'll find out. Ah. Oh. Man, this next story is called Into the Pit with the Carnivorous Ancient Being. spent the whole weekend together and the whole week after Ted Wheeler called out from work Brian was unemployed and was just like uh, camping just traveling the country trying to think about them some shit thinking about these unprecedented times and all that jazz and Mothman was just being Mothman it was such a thrill to have two companions such as Brian and Ted. You know, for Mothman's whole life, he was so used to people being afraid of him, people shunning him away. But now knowing people who accepted him for who he was, couldn't be any happier. And Ted and Brian uh, accepting themselves personally, really just having a good time getting to know each other, getting to know Mothman, just having fun in the woods and all that. And there was one night when they're all sharing a mattress together, sharing a joint. Ted's just like, you know, Mothman, I gotta tell you, you know, I don't know how human you are, but you gotta, we, we humans have some pretty cool shit, you know, we got ice cream and stuff, you know, we know how to harvest cannabis, we got books and 
video games. actually a spooky horror game jam jam that just ended we should really check out some of those games and Brian was just like yeah yeah we humans we got we got some cool stuff you know you know after whatever this phase of civilization we're in when that kind of simmers down maybe we can do some stuff Mothman and Mothman's just like ah, I don't know if that'll work guys and Ted's just like oh come on Mothman Open your mind, bro. And Mothman laughs, and he's just like, Well, you know, you know, even like since the 60s, since like that uh, John Keel guy wrote a book that was allegedly about me, you know, a lot of people were just like freaked out by me, you know. And Brian's just like, Well, maybe there are other like cryptids you can hang out with, you know. Mothman's just like cryptid, you know, I don't know if there's any other, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't coin the phrase cryptid, I don't know if I like being referred to that way, but even, like, what other cryptids are there? And Brian's just like, well, if you're real, then surely some other cryptids are real, you know, maybe Sasquatch, maybe Slenderman, I don't know. We could all just hang out and have like a poker game together. Mothman didn't admit it, but he daydreamed of having a poker game with other cryptids. And was so thrilled to have a companion to just acknowledge that secret will of it, the secret desire of his. Mothman's just like, uh, I love you guys. And then Brian and Ted are just like, yeah, Mothman, we love you too. So they're all just fucking hanging out in the RV, you know. And Brian's just sits upright. He's just like, yeah, we should just like fucking travel to other places and stuff. And Ted's just like, yeah, I can call from work more, you know. I'm doing like insurance stuff, you know. It's not like society needs that right now. And Mothman's just like, I guess we could travel a little bit. And then Brian's just like, well, have you ever left West Virginia? And Mothman's just like, well, I've been to, like, parts of the South, New England, some of the Mid-Atlantic, you know. Never left the continent, though. And Brian's just like, oh, well, that means we just gotta travel. Maybe we can go to Canada or something. And Mothman says, I've never been to Canada. Ted's just like, oh, Canada's pretty cool, like some parts of it, you know, it's a very big country, but some cool places to visit. And Brian's just like, yeah, we're gonna have to, like, drive there, you know, because a lot of uh, planes aren't accepting U.S. passports, and the way this country's going, I don't know if uh, they'll permit, like, cryptids to fly or whatever, so we'll, we'll just fucking just drive and just, like, go where the road goes, man. Mothman's just like, fuck, Brian, you're so goddamn whimsical. And then Brian's just like, thanks, man. So the RV drives just up north, wherever the road took them. Ted was tapping into his bank account and was funding the journey. Mothman was hunting food when they went to random foresty places, and they would just, like, eat that together. 
they were the three of them were truly living a self-sustained life just out on the road a lot of people's dreams so they're driving up north and a couple months pass they make a lot of stops they stop by Philly, they stop by Boston, parts of Vermont, New Hampshire, northern New York, Maine, even Ted starts to laugh when they cross through Maine, it's like, oh, Maine's fucking, that's where all the Stephen King stuff happened, right? And Brian's just like, yeah, yeah, and Mothman's just like, oh, who's Stephen King? And Brian's just like, oh, you haven't read Stephen King? Well, I'll fucking recommend some books. We'll stop by a bookstore. Maybe you can read something. Mothman's just like, yeah, I'm getting better at reading, really. Thanks for teaching me, you guys. And Ted and Brian are just like, yeah, just fucking thrilled to have you, dude, you know? So they're all driving around, just growing out. And eventually the cat passed through Canada's border. And they're just like, yeah, we made it, Canada. Mothman's just like, so what's Canada like? And Ted's just like, you know, Canada's just Canada. You just kind of have to experience it firsthand, you know. There was a, a stellar post-rock scene, you know. Hockey, other Canadian stuff. We'll see it for ourselves, you know. And Mothman's just like, alright, but I'm still uh, apprehensive to going out in public, you know. Brian's just like, yeah, well, you know, just whenever you want to, like, be like, yes, I'm Mothman, I exist, you know, just let us know, you know, that maybe people will stop, like, writing random shit about you. Mothman was just like, yeah, maybe. And then Ted's just like, so you've never been to Canada before? And then Mothman's just like, no. I mean, I can fly and stuff. I can fly anywhere pretty easily. But I've never been compelled to fly too far out from West Virginia, you know, it's my home, ultimately. And Brian's just like, that's fair. I respect that. So they're driving through, uh, Canada, and it starts to become winter. It starts to become very snowy. Snowier than Mothman's used to. And he's just like, yeah, it's pretty cold out here. And then Ted's just like, yeah, well, we got jackets and stuff. And Mothman's just like, well, there aren't really any jackets made for me. And then Brian's just like, well, we'll fucking make jackets for you, Mothman. So they actually go to some random coat store. They get a nice pea coat, cut out some holes in it to fit for Mothman's wings. Mothman folds his wings up and puts on the pea coat and then outstretches them. And then Ted's just like, oh, Mothman, you look really badass. And Mothman's just like, oh, you really think so? And Brian's just like, yeah, dude, the only thing more badass than, like, a Mothman is fucking Mothman with a pea coat. Like, you look hardcore, Mothman. And Mothman's just like, ah, oh, fuck, thanks, guys. You know, they're driving together, exploring the countryside together. 
really getting to know the road, getting to know each other, getting to know love itself. Mothman was starting to, for to forget about how lonely he used to be. So, uh, as they're driving through Canada, they reach this one town called Snowfield. Ted sees the title and he's just like, oh, that's kind of like the, uh, the Dean Koontz thing. And Brian's just like, what? what's the uh, Dean Koontz thing? And then Ted says, well, it's just like it was, you know, made into a movie and whatever, but like, yeah, it's just, uh, this town gets just, like, devoured, uh, by this ancient being, and it's, it's a whole thing, you know? It's pretty much a carnivorous ancient being, pretty much. And Brian thought about it, he's just like, well, you know, it's fiction or whatever, right? And Ted was just like, yeah, I suppose, but... A lot of people thought Mothman was fiction. And Brian and Ted both looked at Mothman. And Mothman was looking pretty troubled. And he says, this, well, you know, I've always fantasized, fantasized of having, like, cryptid pals, you know, just us hanging out and stuff, but... That's not to say I've never met other cryptids and whatever. And then... Ted was just like, oh. And Mothman said, yeah, there was this uh, one time, you know, it's just like, oh, this was back in West Virginia. And I find this really deep pit that wasn't there before. And I try to screech into it. I try to call out to it as my own respective Mothman language. And it responds back, you know, emulating the same pitch and everything, mimicking me, trying to learn from me. So eventually I fly away, I don't really go near that pit. But then, you know, a couple weeks later I eavesdrop on some humans that just like dozens of people disappeared who went near that pit, said that they were devoured, not just taken. back to that place, you know, the pit was gone. You know, I don't want to offend you guys, but humans don't know jack shit about anything, really. There's a lot of ancient terrors that exist on this planet and within this planet. Long before humans. In fact, I'd argue that humans are one of those ancient evils, you know? Because you guys were like total dicks to me for like 50 years or whatever. Ted was just like, look, I can't be, like, an ambassador for all humanity or whatever, but, like, I think you're fucking rad. I love the shit out of you, Mothman. If I could apologize on behalf of all humanity, I could. But, like, you know, I see a lot of humans out there trying to do better, but at that same token, some humans are losing their minds a little bit. But there is the strife to do good that exists in humanity. Mothman's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to take your word for it, you know. So they're driving through Snowfield, you know. 
bunch of people were just like going around shopping for Christmas or trying to celebrate Christmas during the times of 2020 and the pandemic. Mall fans looking out the window of the RV, you know, seeing people shop and stuff. He's only been able to watch people through the woods or the outskirts in the woods. He's never been able to see people like in a town just interact with each other in a commonly populated place. And to his surprise, it starts to bring Wolfman a lot of anxiety. And he's just like, um, let's, I think we should do some like camping tonight, you know? And Ted's just like, oh, but it's like really cold out. And Wolfman's just like, yeah, I know, but it will really be doing me a solid. And then Brian's just like, all right, we can, yeah, we can park somewhere. I mean, this RV is heated. You know, we can stay warm during the night. You know, it's not a big deal, Mothman. Mothman's just like, I know, but it's just like a lot, though. Brian's just like, I hear ya. I hear ya. So they're, they, they park at a spot, you know, in the outskirts of the town of Snowfield. night starts to come, and then Ted's just like, hey, I think I want to, like, uh, do you want to, like, set up a fire or something, you know? And Brian's just like, yeah, but it's really freezing out. And Ted's just like, I know, but, like, I love campfires in the snow, you know? It's a really aesthetically beautiful thing for me. And Mothman's just like, yeah, it is, isn't it? And then Brian's just like, okay, sure, sure. I got a bit of firewood left, but if you want to get some kindling, that'd be cool. And then Ted's just like, yeah, yeah. So he goes and walks into the snow. Tries to pull some branches off of trees. Tries to find some loose twigs buried in the snow. Ted always loved roaming on his own, especially in the wilderness part of the urge of seeking out Mothman in the first place. So he keeps walking. Uh, even though the twigs are wet, it will still be a fun experience lighting the fire with wet twigs, you know, an interesting challenge. So Ted keeps walking and then he almost trips and stumbles and then he looks slightly ahead of him. Sees a very large pit of some sort. It's, it's uh, about 20 feet in diameter. He tries to step over and look inside without getting too close to it. As he looks down into it, it looks infinitely deep. about the story Mothman told him about ancient terrors that exist on the earth far out of the reach of human comprehension 
Sam's just like, oh no, maybe this is... So he runs as fast as he can away from the pit. But then he hears sounds bellow within it. So Ted screams and sprints as hard as he could. But then he feels something pull at his ankles and drag him through the snow. He tries to grab at it, but the snow is too slippery. No branches or anything to cling on to. And eventually he's dragged into the pit. And his vision disappears and just in darkness. Meanwhile, Mothman and Brian are sitting by the fire that's already lit. And they're just like, oh, what's taking Ted so long? vicious scream from the woods and then Brian says oh my god that's Ted we gotta go after him and Mothman's just like okay let's go so they're running together and then Brian's just like you can you can fight right and Mothman's just like yeah I'm fucking over six feet tall and I can run 90 miles per hour I can I can take on some people you know and Brian's just like okay cool just never seen your fighting side is all and the Mothman's just like well You've never had to. So they're running together. Following the screams. And then they see the pit. Both Mothman and Brian are looking into it. Mothman's looking. He thinks for a second. And then he says, it's a trap. And then Brian says, what do you mean it's a trap? And then Mothman says, those aren't Ted's screams. He's dead. We gotta go. And Brian's just like, no, we gotta save Ted. And Mothman's just like, no, Ted's good dead. We gotta camp somewhere else. This is one of the ancient evils I was talking about. We gotta bounce right now. And then Brian's just like, oh, come on, Mothy. And then suddenly, Brian feels a gripping at his ankles, tugging at him, making him fall, and then dragging him to the pit. Mothman sees it and it's just like a long, mysterious tentacle. And Mothman's just like, no. He chases Brian. Brian falls into the pit being tugged by the tentacle. Mothman tries to go down after him. Eventually, Mothman crash lands into this moist, mysterious cavern. Mothman lost sight of Brian. Mothman's walking through the cavern. Knowing what kind of beast this is, he knows that this ancient evil can mimic screams and voices and use it as bait. But he could hear Brian's screams and he followed them anyway. Well knowing that it could be a trap. Even that Mothman's adept hearing senses. Understood that it could be a trap, but he went anyway. And he follows the voice, and then he sees... Brian being uh, devoured by a bunch of teeth chomping at him. And then he sees Ted's body 
already dead and in the process of being digested. Mothman's just like, no. He tries to pull Brian out. Brian screaming. But Mothman, with his superhuman strength, pulls Brian out. He goes through the, the, the wet caverns, which he soon was the interior of the ancient evil's body. Mothman manages to fly out of the pit. And he goes back to the RV, on the roof of the RV. And he sees Brian there, partially digested, partially chewed up, choking, coughing up blood. And Mothman is just like, Brian, Brian. And Brian says, like, oh, Mothman. Mothman's just like, Brian, are you still... It's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm here, Brian. I'm here. And Brian just, like, laughs up a little bit of bra... A little bit of blood and said, huh, you know... I've only been calling you Mothman because everyone else called you Mothman. But you never told me what your actual name was. What you called yourself. And then Mothman laughed with a... He says, well, I've never... I guess I've never thought of it before. And then Brian nods, and then his head tilts over. And then Mothman caresses his cheek, holding Brian's limp, deceased body. Mothman sets Brian's body down on top of the RV. His wings being illuminated by the moonlight, with the snow all around him. Mothman's red eyes glow. He just looks up at the sky, sits on the RV. Eventually, in a fit of passion, he flies into the pit and tries to face the creature head on. Now, there are a lot of testimonies on what happened that night. Other campers were around. Some people from Snowfield were just driving through the area. They said they heard scree screams from beneath the earth. Screeches and also howls that seem to exist before humanity. But there's one testimony when someone is hearing these primordial screams and these primordial howls and tries to follow them and then sees they're coming through a pit in the ground woods outside of Snowfield. And as the screams die down, he sees none other than Mothman soar out of the pit. And then fly away. And that witness could never have known but Mothman was returning to his home in West Virginia.
Well, that was the Mothman episode. The Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. Good night. Didn't expect a Mothman episode to turn out like that.